Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where I head to Fennec Pier Fleet Arcade in the final days before its closure in February, where the site will be demolished to make way for a fire station. Ted Algaia, the executive director of the Servicemen's Guides Association, tells me about the history of the Fennec Pier Fleet Arcade, where he estimates that it's seen 1.25 million Navy personnel come through its doors and how the association helps young servicemen and women from 14 countries who were regularly coming to Hong Kong on military ships ahead of the COVID pandemic. Fennec Pier dates back to 1954 and was first established in Gloucester Road before moving to its current site in 1970. It was a place where sailors coming in during the Vietnam War could get a haircut, phone home and later have a pizza and a beer at the only McDonald's that served that in the city. Ted Algaia shows me around and also tells me about aspects of the heritage that hopefully will be saved. I came to Hong Kong in uh, August of 2006. I was the senior military liaison for the U.S. consulate. Uh, and like many people, my wife and I, you come to Hong Kong for a couple of years and now we're staying going on our 16th year. Part of my job was to co help coordinate ship visits to Hong Kong from the U.S. Navy. Uh, and I worked with my predecessor here at the Servicemen's Guides Association, Father Ron Salsi, for the three years that I was at the consulate. Once he f knew that we were going to stay in Hong Kong, he asked me if I would want to come over and take his place as executive director. And as a former carrier sailor who understands, you know, some of the things that happens with these young kids, that, uh, that regardless of where they're from, many of them have not been out of their home country at all or not very often at all so uh, they need a they're a unique tourist that we kind of cater to that special needs of this young tourist who may not have a lot of money and who have may never been out of their home nation before so just protecting them a little on their adventure helping them to try to have a positive experience while they're in hong kong and as some of the people that you may talk to the tenants here in fennec pier they're still in contact with many of these sailors and many of them once they've gotten out of the military uh have brought their families back to hong kong and i would like to think that the servant skies association had a lot to do with that and gave them a very positive impression of this wonderful city that we live in so you were u.s navy too yes i was 30 years uh, <laughs> traveled the world traveled the world <laughs> And uh, But we've lived in Hong Kong longer than we've lived anywhere, and uh, we're going on our 16th year now. When you became a part of this history at Fennec Pier, the fact that it goes back to, well, I think 1954 in terms of uh, Fennec Pier itself before moving here in 1970. So can you take me back a little bit on that history? Sure. So uh, on behalf of then the colonial government, the Surgeon Skies Association was created to take care of the huge influx of the U.S. Navy sailors that were coming to Hong Kong. Uh, a lot of your listeners remember the China Fleet Arcade, uh, which took care of all the other navies, really, that were coming to Hong Kong. But then when the turnover happened in 1997, the government came to the Servicemen's Guides Association and asked them if they would cater to all the international navies that were visiting Hong Kong. And, of course, the association said absolutely yes. And so we've been doing that since 1997. Now, so The Fenwick Pier Fleet Arcade was much more about U.S. naval personnel. The China Fleet Club was everybody else. Right, right, right. And that was, <laughs> right, before 1997. Then after July 1st, 1997, then Fenwick Pier and the Guides became the home for all international navies visiting Hong Kong. 
So, I mean, what would happen? Because, I mean, I know that as of 2011, we're now surrounded by reclamation. So we're actually not by the sea, despite being on a pier. And we actually, we only lost the waterfront here maybe five or six years ago. And so we continue to have the water taxis that came up. And what we're looking at now is a landing bridge. It's in a raised position. It It would lower down to the water to where there was a floating barge that would rise and lower with the tide. Uh, that all the sailors would come through Hong Kong. One of the unique aspects of the sailors from all over the world coming to Hong Kong is they came in on their military ID cards only, uh, and all of them came through Fennec Pier. And this is how they would all uh, arrive and leave Hong Kong from, is through this bridge and go back to the ships. Sometimes the ships could go pierside in Hong Kong, but most of the time they anchored out either in the harbor or far out into the western anchorage for the larger ships. So Uh, what kind of ships, the U.S. Navy ships, would come up here in the old days? um, So the U.S. Navy ships, but I mean, outside on the front of the uh, fence that we have, there's 14 different nations that have visited Fennec Pier in Hong Kong since I've been here uh, with SGA since 2010. Uh, But, you know, we'd have the aircraft carriers, of course. Those are the larger ships. They would anchor well out into the western anchorage. Some of the smaller ships, so we had the cruisers, destroyers, would go to, they've gone to Ocean Terminal, they've gone to Kai Tak. When we lost the waterfront about five to six years ago in front of Fennec Pier, they started going to uh, China Merchant's Wharf in Kennedy Town, and then we would provide them transportation to and from uh, Fennec Pier. Uh, But we had many different navies to use this. And then when we lost the waterfront, the Hong Kong government was gracious enough to build temporary landing steps on the new waterfront. In fact, there's an additional set of landing steps, permanent landing steps on the waterfront, because the Servicemen's Guides Association at the time uh, asked them if they could provide that due to the large numbers of sailors that were coming to Hong Kong. Uh, and they didn't really believe my numbers, so they came down here for a visit and with this, those clicking, you know, counters. And after they saw the numbers, they decided that they would build an additional set of landing steps on a waterfront. Although, all for naught, as, as everyone knows, you know, we're now turning this over on the 11th of February and it's destined to be a, a fire station. How do you feel about that? I understand there's a scarcity of land in Hong Kong, uh, and with the redevelopment of the the IRD immigration tower and the court, that there's a need for that fire station to go somewhere. But you know, when the Harbor Front Commission uh, approved and backed our refurbishment plan, that was eventually adopted and approved by the Town Planning Board in 2016. It was all about the vibrancy of the waterfront, and you know, allowing the people of Hong Kong to enjoy their waterfront. I don't think a fire station does that. I, I don't get a vote, but um, you know, I would hope that it might be a temporary measure uh, because the fire station does have to go somewhere. Because the idea of the uh, Harborfront Commission uh, was to allow the Harborfront to be open, you know, for the public, and they've done a great job with the walkthroughs and things. And our plan that was approved by the town planning board had a complete walkthrough uh, for the uh, the people of Hong Kong to come and go from the middle of Hong Kong Island all the way to the front, waterfront and back. So in terms of later years, I mean, this was always for U.S. Navy personnel primarily, but in, in more recent years, say post-handover, have you also had plenty of other sort of foreign tourists or foreign naval personnel coming here? 
We have, absolutely. Uh, as I said, on our fence out front, you'll see 14 different flags from all the nations that uh, have vis visited uh, Fennec Pier in Hong Kong. And then inside the building, you'll also see a number of plaques uh, for this ex exhibition that we have going on right now, hosted by uh, Tong Studios. We've put up about 50 to 75 of the hundreds of plaques that we have that represent several different nations who have visited Hong Kong. Yes, when I was just wandering through, I mean, I knew that uh, you've got to be, you know, it's all finished on February the 11th, sadly. Um, but I was surprised that you've still got a number of businesses still running here. Yes, and uh, most of them are in the process of moving out. The building has to be ready for turnover on for the 11th of February. Uh, the last two move will be the restaurant and then the Mercado on the 6th of February. One of the nice and gracious things the Hong Kong government has also allowed us to do is to give out these visiting day cards that we're giving to people and to open up the building, one, to allow the tenants. I requested that we stay open till the week after Chinese New Year. Our tenants have a lot of stock left over because we haven't had any ship visits. Uh, and as I explained to the government that through the Christmas holidays, the New Year's, and then Lunar New Year's, it will give them a chance to get rid of a lot of their items, which they agreed to. So now, uh, if you come here at, after 10.30, almost any given day, there are literally hundreds of people walking through, taking pictures, and getting to know this building a bit more, as it's been a bit of a mystery to people, a bit forbidden, you know, when you walk by and you see the big blue wrought iron fence out there. So it's a, it's a chance for the Hong Kong people to understand the Services Guides Association and Fennec Pier a bit more. So you've been here 16 years with your with your wife, but before that you were in the U.S. Navy for 30 years. So can you tell me a little bit about what you did in the U.S. Navy? Sure. I was an aircraft carrier pilot for the U.S. Navy and have been literally all over the world. Enjoyed my time with the U.S. Navy. Uh, and then my last role in the Navy was actually coming to Hong Kong as a senior military liaison at the U.S. Consulate. You were a carrier pilot. What, what was involved in that? Well, as you know, you can look up any lots of YouTube videos uh, uh, that, uh, you know, involving taking off and landing on an aircraft carrier, which quite honestly, you practice enough to it just becomes a habit pattern, you know, except in bad weather or at night. Then it's... Uh, I just know that great big sort of like elastic band. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's actually four of them, the four wires. You know, uh, out of the four, you're supposed to get the three wire, but uh, sometimes you miss all the wires and then have to go around again. That's called a bolter. And then uh, other times you may get some of the other wires. And every landing is graded very strictly on the aircraft car. She, so you, it's a matter of pride. So the SGA, the Servicemen's Guides Association, that's been around how long? Since 1953. Uh, so it ties absolutely in with Fenwick Pier. Absolutely. Yeah, they, that's, that's the Servicemen's Guides Association was created, and the first building was just a small corrugated hut on the waterfront. And then I do have a photo upstairs that's been published several times of when SGA was on Gloucester Road when it was the waterfront, and then moved to this present location in the early 70s, and then with a smaller building, and then the larger building was completed and opened in February 7th of 1994. So if somebody was coming, if one of the U.S. Navy sailors were coming to Fenwick Pier, take me back, I know you weren't here, but take me back in my imagination to the 50s and 60s, what would they have had in terms of the fleet arcade? Sure, so, I mean, what you would see, if you look at the past history, is there's always been 
retail shops here that cater to the sailors. The idea was to give them a discount on the many things that they were doing. And as times changed, then those services changed. Uh, went from very small retail. All, we've always had souvenir shops or accessory shops from that. Uh, we used to have huge banks of phones inside the buildings so the sailors could call home uh, when they came here. Because a lot of people don't realize sailors can spend anywhere from two weeks to three or four months at sea. Today, communication is much easier, but back then it was not. So we went from the phone booths to then handing out SIM cards to the sailors so they could use local SIM data. They wouldn't have to use their roaming data. So we just walked the path from when the sailors came ashore on the landing bridge, and now we're about to walk through the doors where they used to go in. But right above us is a sign that says the Fleet Arcade that's painted on the side of the building, and the government wants to try to retain that as well. They have some big concrete cutters that they're going to use, again, to try to hopefully uh, display at the Maritime Museum. Yeah, so we've got right across, uh, I mean, everybody will know that sign, the Fleet Arcade at the top there, one Lunking Street, members only. So, I mean, I, I very much enjoyed, almost as a nostalgia thing just now, signing my name on the, on the membership card. But what's that? Is that like JoJo's Mess, or what, what is the thing behind this membership? Well, we were told by the Hong Kong government we had to operate as a private club, and for many, many years, whenever we had large ship visits in, we had to close the building down to all visitors except for the sailors. With some of the larger ships from the U.S., you might have six or 7,000 sailors in Hong Kong at any one time. So the idea was to try to maintain the building when they were here just for those sailors. The private club, one of the things the Hong Kong government's allowed us to do lately is to allow the people of Hong Kong to understand us in this building a bit more are those day passes that you have now. So you can come in and use the services. You can go to the restaurant, you can buy a souvenir, you know, you can shop, you can eat, those kinds of things, which has really helped our tenants out a great deal. Yes, yeah, so back in the 50s and the 60s, as you say, there would have been this, uh, um, and later, this bank of telephones. I also understood, were, were there uh, typewriters here as well? Yeah, so yeah, at one point, you know, uh, some people, well, some realizers might not even know what a typewriter is. <laughs> I certainly do. But yeah, 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 so they could, you know, they could write letters, type le- letters, uh, you know, those kinds of things. As technology changed, then so did our services. But absolutely, we had typewriters. Back in the 50s and 60s and on, I mean, you know, what sort of numbers of, you know, U.S. ships were actually coming into Hong Kong? Because, of course, you've got the Vietnam War, you've uh, you've got elements of the Cold War, you've got, uh, I mean, just prior to Fenwick Pier opening in 1954, of course, you've got the Korean War. Right, and I think that was one of the reasons why we Serviceman's Guides was asked to be created. Again, I think we believe because of all the sailors that were coming in post-Korean War and all the ships that were here, we believe the figure is well over a million sailors have come through Fennec Pier since the 1950s. Uh, and again, after 1997, we have, we've had tens of thousands of international uh, sailors uh, coming through, uh, you know, including the U.S. But yeah, one, 1.25 million, I think, is a is a underestimation. Now, the Marine Department has the official figures for the ships and things, so they would have to be asked. I'm giving you the uh, the SGA estimates. My name is Molly Lee, and the uh, original place that I come from is from Singapore. Educated and born there. And you were part, or you've been part of the SGA for 42 years? Yes, I've been working here for 42 years, since uh, 1979. So I've seen a lot of uh, ships, sailors, and uh, 
young and old sailors. <laughs> so it's, it's fun to have a job like this because I like to meet people and talk to people. <laughs> so what's your job been? Uh, it's considered as receptionist. But then uh, eventually I became a sales marketing <laughs> for selling ads in the guidebook and also uh, doing some administrative work. Uh, preparing meetings for bosses, prepare food and all that. Yes. So anything that comes up uh, that evolves, if I can do it, I'll do it. So Molly Lee, you've been working for the SGA for 42 years. <laughs> yes, That's incredible yes. legacy. Yes. So um, you said, you know, you would meet these sailors coming through. Yes. And, and so you'd be at the reception of Fenwick Pier or yes. at, at Fleet Arcade. Yes. And uh, besides that, I have the uh, American Women's Association that uh, uh, we coordinate during the ships that are in. It all depends on the size of the ships. If it's uh, like a carrier, then usually we get like three people per shift for like two or three hours. So then uh, if it's a small ship, then we need like one or two. So the American Women's Association would provide support? Yes, support to answer questions. And if they are brand new ladies, <laughs> then we'll give them some uh, lessons and then uh, eventually they will uh, get used to the questions they ask because normally they ask the same thing. <laughs> what would be the questions? So these are uh, US Navy personnel coming in? Yes, young. usually it's uh, where can I change my money? Uh, how to get to Stanley Market? <laughs> uh, where is the toilet? You know. These are the f more frequent questions that they usually ask because the first thing when they get on import, they usually uh, really think of changing the money first. How do you feel about leaving Fenwick Pier? A little bit, you know, it's sad to leave this place because I spend more of my time and half of my life here, <laughs> spending more time here than my home, you see, and I see a lot of people, you know. It's nice to have ships in, you know, than being like this, being bored. The boys are very cute, and um, they ask questions that uh, sometimes you really think they wouldn't ask, but they ask, uh, where is Chinatown? <laughs> Can you see the Great Wall of China from here? <laughs> that, that kind of question. They are young and they... I don't know, maybe that's the first time they go on board a ship to travel around or that to see the world. The older ones, uh, I treat them like kids. The older ones, I treat them like boyfriends. They come and visit me and uh, they remember my name, but I cannot remember their name because it's too many people I cannot remember. But I'm the only one here so they can remember my name. They come back and say hello to me. And they even send their son to come and see me too. Once their father is retired. Oh, so son. you've seen several generations here. Yeah, two generations. They they tell the son, they say, uh, if your ship goes to a Hong Kong port, make sure you go and look for this lady at Fenwick Pier. Her name is Molly Lee. So You must have seen hundreds. Yeah. At one time, I have 10 ships in port, you know. At the same time? Yes, mm. at one time. 10,000 boys around the counter here. Wow, go crazy. 
<laughs> non-stop. Uh, you get tired of talking. You get your hands tired, legs tired, because you repeat the same thing again and again. Because at that time, technology is not that updated, you know. Whereas now they don't even ask questions at all, you know. They just go on the computer. But in those days, you know, they buy, and I always also sell SIM cards. And always the buggers call me. Hey, when is the ship coming? I heard from my boyfriend. They know better than I do. And they say, oh, he's coming on USS Blue Ridge. On what day and what time, you know, all this and that. So these would be the one-child bar girls? Yeah, they are the ones who tell me when the ship is coming. When Not the ship I was coming. <laughs> yeah, they are the ones, because they say, oh, my boyfriend wrote me a letter, you know, things like that. So we've just come back into the Fleet Arcade and uh, had a quick chat to Molly. Yeah, so Molly, who's worked with us for 42 years, uh, who is still in touch with many of the sailors. She gets cards and letters from them, and when they come back to Hong Kong, they always come back here to say hello to her. Uh, and uh, I keep hoping that she'll write a book. Uh, <laughs> so far, she said no. <laughs> but what we're looking at right now is a wall that used to be just phone booths. And you can see there we have some of the McDonald's uh, furniture. The yeah, Ted, because I was, I was going to ask you about that. I took a photograph of that earlier. The only place... In Hong Kong, was it the uh, McDonald's that you could have pizza and beer? Pizza and beer, and it was on the waterfront, and the best place in Hong Kong to watch fireworks from. And uh, everyone I talked to about Fennec Pier, that's immediately what they say, oh, McDonald's, I used to love going to McDonald's. So, um, yes, absolutely. Uh, and McDonald's and the History Museum is actually interested in some of these uh, booths that we've kept here since the McDonald's closed in Fennec Pier back in 2000 to 2002. Yeah, walking through, I mean, there are, I mean, I just earlier took a picture of your restroom artwork. Fenwick Pier and, and just generally the Servicemen's Guides Association has done a good job on keeping <laughs> some of the furnishings and memorabilia over the years. Yes, well, uh, you know, at one point we were uh, hoping to refurbish you know, uh, but we wanted to maintain some of those items uh, that you see here. Uh, and now the Hong Kong government is also, we've seen the landing bridge and the sign, the Fleet Arcade. There's also some railings that you can see here, the yellow railings, that design, uh, and then the railings going up the stairs. Uh, they would like to retain those as well. Uh, so that's, that is nice to see uh, that they're doing this. Yeah, and it's kind of stuck in time, as you kind of indicated, uh, Back in, uh, which is know. great. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is. It is wonderful. It is again a piece of history, which this uh, exhibition that we have right now, past, present, and future, here by Yang Tong Studios, is uh, allowing people, uh, as well as the Hong Kong government, you know, allowing them to come in to understand SGA and the Servants' Guides a little bit uh, better. If you look on this wall over here, where you see fabric, you can see like little sails attachment cards. What you can do is you can come down and you can write a little remembrance and then tack it onto the fabric, you know. And then it's not running right now, but we have a very well done mini documentary about the history of Fennec Pier. So I've just come into the shop of Mr. Anthony Wong on one of his final couple of days here at Fenwick Pier. Uh, Mr. Wong, you're moving out on, uh, or Tony, you're moving out on Sunday morning. Yes, we are moving out Sunday morning, D-Day. Um, 
scary. Now no risk breakdown. Yes, indeed, I'm sure. Now you're trying to get a, get rid of a conference table, also uh, a wine cellar, or yeah. um, and uh, is it wine cellar or wine fridge? Uh, it's a wine cellar. It's a euro cage for it's 250 bottles, and uh, we're trying to. Uh, sell it at a very good price. Uh, the conference table we could give away to NGO. That's for ten people, and then we have all kinds of little tables and things like uh, for office use. Uh, that but you're getting rid of. Yeah, yeah. A shelving for NGOs if they need for grocery products, and and uh, I will be giving some of the textiles to to the mills for display and for permanent display. Oh. Will you? And, and, and stuff like that. When we look at you, Fushing and Sons, your third generation, you've been here, uh, your father came here in 1949. Mm -hmm. You, sir, have been here since 1994 at Fenwick Pier, so you're well known. And uh, you've described how, through Instagram, actually, you've become known not only to previously a couple of generations of sailors, but also, and officers from the US Navy and others, but in more recent times, to young people. But what's interesting in your business here is you've not only got textiles, uh, but you've also got food and drink. Uh, yes, um, mainly because through textiles, uh, making suits for the winemakers, they introduce us to wine. So tell me about Chateau Hong Kong. Uh, Chateau Hong Kong is a very, uh, very interesting or uh, brilliant uh, play by an uh, English girl who said that, uh, who saw we have a lot of cheap plunk wine <laughs> and uh, what we did is we imported a few hundred cases and then she uh, we designed a label and she labeled it and uh, we uh, celebrated 1997 turnover uh, this was a very good souvenir uh, especially for guys like M Cham Chamber of Commerce even Mandarin Hotel bought it in the gift shop and uh, it's a successful product during that time so it's Chateau Hong Kong, vintage 1997, bottled it's, by the Plonk Lovers Association. It's a wine. It's, it's, it's wine. wine. Yeah. <laughs> but but it just looks good. They, they sell the label, you know. Now you've, as you say, your father came uh, to Hong Kong in 1949, and uh, you used to be based in Central. That got too expensive. You then downsized. No, came. when he came, it was actually in Wan Chai. I mean, at that time, it was like a four-story building, you know, the old... Chinese building and he only had the downstairs shop and living quarters type of thing. But and then uh, they decided to, well I wasn't wrong when he decided to move to a uh, China building, the, the Chiang Kong building. And then I came along. You've been at Fenwick Pier since 1994. You're now moving to Wellington Street. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a chance that we have uh, a small office there and uh, we're, you know, uh, we're moving back to a smaller space, but I think it's manageable. Veteran tailor Tony Wong there. I also interviewed Tony on the phone earlier, and since he was busy in the shop getting ready for the move, I didn't want him to have to do a repeat. So this is a bit more of our chat about leaving Fenwick Pier. Tell me about, you know, so your clientele was American sailors. How many tailors did you have at the time? We have two free cutters, and we have around 10 workers under each cutter, so we have 30 people. In the good old days, we rent a place for them, and we provide tea and coffee, and we pay them per piece space. So the sailors would come in mostly. It was predominantly sailors, or did you have other clients? Predominantly, we do the officers. So suits? Plus some uh, sailors. 
And how fast did you do a suit? Uh, we could do a suit turnaround in three, four days at that time. We have enough people mustered. Now, were you the only tailor at Fleet Arcade? Yeah, when we moved here, it's become we're the only tailor. Previous to this, in the old China Fleet Club, there's three or four different tailors. So the officers would just come in in their, their regular uniforms and ask for a civilian suit? Uh, no, regulation states that they have to come in civilian, not military. How could you tell they were an officer? Uh, we know. We've been with them so long. <laughs> Every little move they make, we go up. So. <laughs> and uh, how do you feel about leaving Fleet Arcade after such a long time, nearly 30 years? Oh, uh, when I f you say that, I get emotional. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, it's been part of my growing up life, so, you know, it's emotional. But even though I'm emotional, I'm still optimistic because I will continue. Tony Wong there of Fuxing and Sons, a three-generation tailoring institution in Hong Kong. Tony's tailoring business is moving out of the Fleet Arcade this weekend, but do come and visit the Fennec Pier Fleet Arcade throughout the Chinese New Year, as there are some businesses having sales here until around February the 5th. The site will be handed over to the government on February the 11th. It's a treasure, and I'm sorry to see it go. My thanks to tailor Tony Wong, Molly Lee, and the executive director of the Servicemen's Guides Association, Ted Algaya. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.